Working with Warriors podcast by the team at the Regional Men's Health Initiative. Hello and welcome. I'm Owen Caddo and today I'm joined by fellow team members Glenn Dunkerton and Tom Hayes. How are you going guys? Good, thanks Owen. Yeah, good morning Owen. Look, today we're going to carry on about communication and from the previous podcast, but we really want to talk today about acknowledging the differences and and hopefully by acknowledging the differences between blokes and and females that we can, or between the agendas, that we can achieve more effective communication. And we're just going to discuss a few tips today and um, and and what those differences are. And and we have to be more effective at communication. And um, by acknowledging those differences between the genders and the fact that we're hardwired differently as blokes. You know, so we are risk takers, we're winners and we're problem solvers. But the biggest difference is is how we go about communicating. And um, there's, there's no right or wrong. It's just different and, and we need to recognise this. And I guess to explain that difference, Glenn, we're, we're just going to talk through and use an analogy of of the lady's story, i.e. my wife's story or your wife's story or partner's story and then my story. In a, as a bloke's perspective in a discussion. No worries. And I'll, I'll take on the, the role of the lady. I've got a bit of licence to do that. I've got daughters and 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 a wife, so uh, that's, my, that's my background. Yeah. That's my CV for doing this. <laughs> in terms of coming at it from, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm from the lady's point of view, her story, he didn't phone me all day and when I called him, he hardly spoke. He was in a really odd mood. I thought he might have it might have been something I'd said at breakfast, and he said that it wasn't. At tea, the conversation was pretty slow. I thought we should go out for a drink and talk about things. He's still acting a bit funny. I'm trying to cheer him up, and I start to wonder if it's me. I ask him, and he says no, but you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, so anyway, on the way back home, I tell him I love him, and he just puts his arm around me. I don't know what the hell this means. He doesn't say he loves me back or anything like that. There's a bit to this story, Glenn, from a bloke's perspective. There is a little bit. <laughs> so then when we get home, I'm wondering, is he, is he going to leave me? So I try and ask him, but he just switches on the TV. And, and finally, I just come out and say, are you seeing someone else? And he says, no, but I'm not convinced. About, after about 10 minutes, I say I'm going to bed, and after about 10 minutes, he joins me, and, and then we have sex, and he still seems really distracted and, and rolls over and goes off to sleep, and he didn't say goodnight or anything. I don't know. I, I don't know what he thinks anymore. I mean, do you think he's met someone else? Yeah, very descriptive story, Glenn, from the female narrative, and I guess my response, or my story as a bloke and a response to that in my conversation is, bad day at work. I came home dog tired, but one good thing I had sex. So, <laughs> so when we talk to a lot of blokes, and I know that's putting it simply, but we, we're just going to have that narrative to explain, and it's important that we just recognise those differences so we can we can appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. And what while we we would joke about it uh, in terms of the we we seem to agree that that the ladies talk more than men. Blokes do generally talk less than the ladies. Um, and and ladies tend to speak in a narrative way. The in terms of the blokes talking less than the ladies, you, we quite often talk about the fact that those extra words that are spoken during it per day by the ladies are quite often to deal with emotions. So that's an interesting point. And, and that research starts from a young age as well, Glenn. There's lots of research around from when we're 
four and five and ten and twelve, and that that we are speaking less than the blokes are speaking less than ladies, and, and definitely, and the social conditioning all tied in with that. You you watch you watch the nature of kids playing and teenagers in terms of the the boys are perhaps out knocking about and putting it putting those their efforts into sport or roughhouse play, whereas mm. the the girls are, are already becoming adept at conversation. Um, so that that's interesting in terms of uh, development too. Like I guess we are definitely hardwired differently and part of that would probably come back to just our upbringing and that environmental factors that you, you mentioned, Glenn, but some of it is just genetics as well. We are just, we are just different and yep. um, that affects how we communicate. Um, and I, I guess with that, we do have to recognise that with blokes, sometimes those single word answers, those yes and no's and, and okay's, can be perfectly valid answers because um, that's just how blokes do communicate sometimes. Absolutely, and it's um, acknowledgement of that is is pretty important. And I know in in my life with my son, we um, we had a go at a conversation with my wife at the dinner table, and we lasted about eight minutes of grunting yes and no and okay, but not buying into the conversation in any emotive or or narrative way. And um, that was before. My wife just said, "Oh, stuff you guys, you know." That's, <laughs> well, I know you're messing with me. That um, that choice to to speak those um single word sort of answers and things like that too, or that conciseness in language, whilst it's we we see it when we we talk to blokes and we we're asking how they are, and you quite often get that comment that I, I feel like shit, and that's as far into it quite often as blokes are willing to go initially. And then it needs to be teased out in terms of is it anxiety, is it mm-hmm. anger, is what it, what is it? And look, blokes blokes just do simply find it a bit harder to talk about our emotions. Um, and this is just due to the fact, which we've already sort of explained, that we are hardwired differently. Um, and we've sort of been conditioned not to talk over time. Look, that's a really important point, Tom, because cause we have. And I go back to my generation as young blokes and then middle age and then where I'm at at the minute – as a sixty-year-old, then I go to my my dad's generation, and and we have been conditioned, and that's through wars and through a whole lot of stuff, and and that's still in our in our genes. So I, I see it changing, mm. but the conditioned not to talk is is a really important point, and, and we've got to acknowledge that difference. And and we do a lot of work with with um, vets, mm. and um, you know. Those guys have to really have a safe place before they will want to tell some stuff about their time, mm. which, which is important. Yeah, look, I reckon as as men, we're in particular we're we're challenged by these lack of verbal skills. So we need to recognise when when we are worried, and and we need to encourage blokes to seek help and. And importantly, be asked what that problem is, and that's why you know our signature statement of "talk to a mate" is is important. And and we've talked all the time about asking one, two, and three times. So we need to question: Have I resolved the problem? And more importantly, the most important bit is how I've resolved the problem, because we know in in things around the pointy end of our well being and and around a suicide and around some really tricky um, spots blokes find their life in that they'll say, yeah, you know, yep, no, it's all resolved, all done. But we actually need to fire back every time and say, how have you resolved that problem? Mm. Yeah, definitely. uh, 
blokes are pretty adept at um, at, at masking uh, by by shutting down conversation. One of the ways they they can shut down a conversation is by saying, "Yeah, it's dealt with." So that it's that follow up question or that open ended question that that sort of generates a bit more discussion and lets you know that okay, perhaps so and so is dealing with it, or I can see that he's having a struggle and perhaps he needs some help. Those those sorts of things are are only addressed by that follow-up question. Yep. And part of that process, Tom, and we did talk about in the last podcast, but it's really important that we refresh and if, about active listening because the most important part about what we're doing is is actually listening. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people would have heard of the term active listening but may may assume that it just simply means acknowledging what someone says with those yes or okay answers but actively listening is about when people talk you have to listen completely um it's not just thinking about what you're going to say next um because most people never actually listen or never listen completely and and to listen you have to be silent exactly exactly it's really important and and i guess the other part of active listening for in our partnerships is 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 women don't hear what men don't say. Now, I'm just going to repeat that. So women don't hear what men don't say. You know, and we quite mm. often have a go at and I say to my wife, you know, aren't you a mind reader? You know, <laughs> you know, I just said that, but no, I hadn't. So it's really important. So um, what you just said, Tom, is I need to listen well so that I hear what is not said. And for conversations between the genders, mm. that is, the I reckon that's one of the golden rules. Yeah, because we don't we we're, we're good at masking about talking about stuff, and I I'm good at answering a question from a completely different narrative. Definitely, the, and like we're saying, the 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 way that quite often blokes will um, wonder why that they'll feel perhaps that they're not being heard, but they need to perhaps have a look at themselves in terms of perhaps they haven't communicated. The meaning of what what they're trying to get across, and and that's where it, that's where it's lost. So it's not a it's not a failing on one. It's not a failing on the missus side. Perhaps mm. it's a a failing on the bloke side to actually get that message across. I think as we um, spend more time in a relationship, we can probably become a bit complacent with our communication skills and make some assumptions that the other party knows what we're talking about, knows what we're thinking, which is what we've said. But that just brings again the importance of active listening. We've got to always really think about it and always make sure we actually are fully listening and listening completely to the other person. Yep. Look, and when someone chooses to tell their story, and we talk about all the time with the blokes in the field we work in, the most important criteria is to is to actively listen so you can hear what's not said and you can pick up all the little cues that we need to pick up. So I still reckon one of the most difficult things for for men and women is is our ability to discuss issues with significant people in our life, some of our partners or our business partners. And, you know, these issues can be about relationships, our children, and, in, and we work in regional rural Western Australia, so farm ownership, that prickly farm succession and pr- farm progression, and, and we are going to start doing some podcasts on that in the, in the near future. Our health, you know, as blokes, we... we we need poking and prodding to bloody do something about it sometimes. And then a whole other range of other matters which affect our inner well-being. And what I mean by that is our is our social, spiritual kind of stuff, which our, our sense of purpose and, and hope and our passions and interests. We, you know, 
we've, we've got to have that conversation, have to talk, talk about it, because the longer we don't, it just festers. So I guess just some positive communication skills and some useful tips that, that we talk about all the time, guys, to make a more productive outcome when we're communicating uh, various things. Yeah, things like choosing the right environment. The fa- quite often, the throwaway line is that blokes don't talk. We will talk, but we need to feel like we're in a safe environment. And just uh, something to illustrate that point, I've uh, got a, a teenager at home, young young tough fella, or that's how he probably paints himself, but the, on the two or three occasions where there's been a, a, a discussion on some really deep issues that, that affect him and, and how he feels... The most effective ones, funnily enough, have been in the car sitting side by side and my wife can't get her head around that. She goes, if I sit down with him at the table, we don't have that discussion but I've had these fantastic ones in the car and that's a a bit of an illustration of that, the fact that blokes will talk, that that shoulder-to-shoulder talk and feeling like they're in a safe place and quite often blokes can feel it's a bit confrontational to sit Mm. face-to-face. Yeah, key word, Glenn, is, is that safe place and we talk about it and promote it but we next know especially with our kids and our is to have a safe place and to make us the number one base for them to come back and you know spill their guts and talk about emotional stuff is just really important isn't it let alone f- for our partners and for us as blokes to feel safe that so I will tell you stuff yeah and, and I think it, it it just kind of it, it does. It, it occasionally does the ladies' heads in when they when they go. Listen, I've made this time at home, and I'm I've sat him down at the table, and I'm looking straight across at him, and and it's a really uh, it's a really intimate, and so it should be a really good space. But yet he spills his guts when we're side by side in the car. What's that all about? <laughs> it, yeah, interesting. And and another important point is timing. So so timing is an incredibly important factor to consider. And we need to make the time to have those important discussions and conversations that we talked about earlier, Owen? Yeah, we've got to make that time, absolutely. Time, it can't be left over. It can't be 11 o'clock at night or when I'm angry or buggered or, uh, you know, and, and we know in the business world we sit down, we make times for meetings. So it is no different with our partners and that might be even down to having that partner date, mm. a date night and a date night with our sons or our daughters. But but making time you know, rather than having the leftover stuff is is really valuable. Well, one of the other things to do is to, um, when discussing an issue, be open to alternate solutions and, and a realistic compromise. We, we can be as guilty as the next person in terms of um, it's my way or the highway. So it, it's important that we're open to those those compromises that, that make a relationship. I agree, Glenn, and I think in every decision we make in our life and everything we do, there is some form of compromise if we have a look at our actions. Mm. So um, communicating is no different. And we, we talked about active listening earlier. Um, and again, with communication, it just is all about being prepared to listen, 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 um, actively listen and be prepared to to empathise and understand where someone else is coming from. Definitely, and and identify relevant mates that you can trust to discuss matters of concern, and that identifying those mates, they we talk about them coming in those those three categories of um, life life partners, um, mentors, those older, wiser people with a bit of lived experience, uh, and our peers, those people with the same or similar life experiences to us. 
And, and finally, we need to be prepared to get help if all else is failing. Um, this probably doesn't need to be the first option, but if we do find there is um, a full-on communication breakdown, maybe it's time to possibly seek some professional help or possibly some relationship counselling or something along those lines. Really important point, Tom, and our take on that in the work we do is, and we and we talk to a lot of ladies as well, is, is if the, the partner doesn't want to come along with us, we say to the lady, the, the wife or the spouse, you go along, mm. you go along, you do something and then tell your partner that you're doing it because then it'll improve how you operate and, and explain your space. So because as blokes mentioned counselling and going to relationship counselling, we've got to be bloody drag kicking and screaming and, you know, that's what blokes tell us. So um, really important. Definitely. And the... the uh I suppose it's a it's a it's a similar it's similar to how how quite often we talk about blokes dealing with their health. Dealing with communication issues is no different. To be stoic and just push on regardless, um, assuming that things will get better without without help is kind of like the ostrich with its head in the sand. Yep. Now I hope that's explained a bit to our listeners today. But you know, good communication is about building rapport. And that rapport is whoever's around us. So whether that's our partner, our business partner, or our kids or our family, you know, we've got to – it doesn't just happen. Mm. And, and that's why we say um, work on it and, and all those tips. So, yeah, look, take care out there in the, um, in the podcast world. <laughs> uh, and, and thanks for today, guys. Thanks very much, Owen. No, cheers, Owen. Thanks for listening to our Working With Warriors podcast series. 